We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Welcome to the Roto Grinders Morning Grind Podcast. I'm your host, Stephen TPFL. It's Monday. It is June 6th. It is 2022. We have six baseball games to talk about here on today's podcast. I am joined by my good buddy, Will Priester, Chief Justice 06. Will, what's happening, my friend? Nothing much, man. It's, it's not too often uh, on a Monday me and you can get together and uh, not have to hit the scroll button for the bet for the rest of the baseball games on the DK tabs, six games. Uh, you know, this will be awake the whole time for this one. Not that we're not awake on the other ones, but this one should be a breeze in terms of uh, our ability to do it. And, you know, you talked about it pre-show may even be five games by the time this thing shakes out. Um, if the weather doesn't go well, I'm assuming you're talking about Arizona, Cincinnati. That's my, that's my assumption. Um, but so I, I'm really excited about this slate. Um, enough pitching on the slate too, which is which is not always the case for a small slate. So th- this is, this should be a good one. I, I'm I'm pretty pumped about it. Yeah, I don't know if the pitching is good or not, but there is some pitching options here. Um, well, that's why I said enough. I didn't say it was <laughs> all good. specific term. Um, I will say, yeah, there's potential weather in the Cincinnati game. We'll see what Roth has to say. Um, everything that I read is it's like forty to sixty percent throughout the game, but. I mean, that's for a whole area, so I always lean on what Kevin Roth has to say as far as weather. Let's jump in here. We get started with that game. That's the 640 game. It's on the slate. It's Arizona at Cincinnati's, Cincinnati. Um, Bumgarner against Green in this one. Nine and a half total in this game, and the Reds a slight 120 favorites. Um, we'll start here with Bumgarner. Any interest in Madison Bumgarner in this spot? Stevie, you know, I don't, I don't think I can do it. 
Um, and he 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 will have some spots where he gets it done. Um, I, I think I'm going to let him let him slide here. Cincinnati has been starting to heat up some, and I know Patrick Corbin um, had a somewhat good game today. Gave up three runs early, and then kind of cruised the rest of the day, at least while he was in the game. But I, if the weather is, is clear and everything's fine, I'm going to side with the Cincinnati Bats. Uh, Bumgarner hasn't been as bad. I mean, he's probably, in terms of fantasy scoring, equal to Hunter Green. The problem is Hunter Green has more strikeout upside. So I, I'm going to let Bumgarner sit on the shelf today because mainly they're in Cincinnati ballpark, and, and I think Cincinnati has a few bats that can get to him. Yeah, I have no interest in – Madison Bumgarner here. This game's in one of the best pitchers ballparks in baseball. Madison Bumgarner is not good. Um, at one time, he was very good. He was one of the best pitchers oh, yeah. in baseball, but it's just not that way. 5.5 xFIP, 16% K rate, 42% hard hits on 15% soft hits. Um, just no interest here for me in Madison Bumgarner. And then the other side of this game, we have Hunter Green. He is definitely someone that has shown big-time strikeout stuff, but outside of that, he struggled with a lot of stuff. I mean, he's struggling with um, giving up runs and missing bats. Um, I just – I don't know what to think here because Arizona is a team in general that is good um, against right-handed pitching. So, when I say good, they're pro- – they're – they're mid stats against right-handed pitching and they do have strikeouts in this lineup. So uh, I think green on a six game slate, if the weather is okay, might actually be a little bit playable here. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like green's got, got enough strikeout upside to where if he doesn't give up the runs, um, he could get there. The problem is Stevie, when he gives up the runs, man, it just really crushes his fantasy potential. So I think he's got 20 point upside at, 7,600, I'd absolutely accept that on this slate. So I, I, I do like Hunter Green if the game goes. Yeah, definitely someone I'll be looking at in the props world. Um, Came in at six and a half on prize picks in terms of strikeouts. Oh, I was hoping it was going to be five and a half. Yeah, um, me too. Me too. I think it's close. We'll have to see. what the, That's one of those ones that I'd wait to look and see what the Arizona lineup looks like, see who's umpiring the game. Uh, I mean – I think that could be potentially huge here. So, um, I mean, bats in this game, the Arizona side, you know, when this guy has struggled, it has been fly balls and hard contact. And that is just something you have to have some interest in. I think here, you know, looking at these Arizona bats, they're, they're kind of, I mean, Marte, and Varsho are kind of expensive, but everybody else is, you know, very fair price. Peralta is cheap. Um, Alec Thomas is cheap. So I I like the Arizona stack here for sure. They're definitely a team that I'm going to be looking at on teams that I'm not playing green. Yeah, for sure. And I still think even on this slate at 4,900, I think Marte's okay. You talk about Peralta at 37, like that's really cheap. Um, I think this is a good spot to just kind of, you know, if you're going to stack Arizona, like stack them, they're still cheap enough because we do know green is going to walk at least two guys in this game, I think. And the question is, do people get hits after that? And if they do, you know, the Arizona stack is going to start coming together pretty well. If they don't, then, Hey, you know, maybe you're looking at some solo shots, but 
Uh, I'm with you. Marte is absolutely going to be my favorite play. Don't mind Rojas just because he doesn't strike out a lot. Uh, and then, of course, Peralta at 3,700. Um, you know, I, I don't want to pass that up as well. So those, those are definitely going to be some guys that uh, I'm interested in if the weather comes together for us. Cincinnati, um, I mean, I want to attack Madison Bumgarner and – Assuming so, they they faced Patrick Corbin. Cincinnati did they face Patrick Corbin on Sunday, and that you know obviously we should see a pretty close lineup to what we saw on Sunday for the Reds. Um, I mean, they had a really good first inning against them, and then they like just absolutely um, did nothing. So I think we're gonna see like a, a Senzel, Dury, Fam. Stevenson, Votto, Farmer type lineup. And in that type of lineup, I really like Cincinnati. Um, they're kind of pricey on DraftKings, um, but there's still some cheap pieces in the Cincinnati sack. Like Nick Senzel is likely going to hit leadoff and he's likely going to be chalk at 2,900. Um, oh, yeah. he, he's just too cheap again today. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I don't, I don't think we have any argument against Nick Senzel. I mean, Brandon Drury is 5,500 if you want to get a good reference. And essentially, they're probably almost the same bat, Stevie. If I mean, if if things shook out, they're probably about the same. Um, so I, I love that call. Kyle Farmer is 4,900. Like, that should tell you all you need to know. Mike Moustakas is 3,100. Uh, Al Mora, 27, if he's in the lineup. So I'm with you. Nick Senzel is definitely probably going to be a value bat at the top of everyone's list if uh if the weather shakes out but this is going to be another good stat you can get the lefties really cheap stevie so i like that i know you're not the biggest Votto fan but i think being able to get Votto and mike moustakis at these cheap prices i i think it really helps this lineup so so it, it makes it a lot easier to play tommy fam uh you know and kyle foreman tyler stevenson if you want to at catcher i i think this is a good spot I, i'm not completely off Brandon Drury at 5,100. Like if I'm stacking him, I'll, I'll plug him in because you got Senzel, Vado, and Mustakas that you can play, I mean, and, and, and make this lineup very, very affordable. So lo- love the Reds. Uh, the weather's good. Great spot for them. I think Kyle Farmer might be my favorite bat, and he's 4,900. And, you know, it's kind of pricey for Kyle Farmer, but he's been crushing left-handed pitching this season. So um, yeah. like I said – on the podcast, was it Thursday last week? I've kind of shifted a lot more to 2022 stats. Um, so moving on, we got Texas at Cleveland, eight and a half total in this game. The Guardians, a slight favorite here at 120. John Gray going up against Cal Quantrell. Any interest here in John Gray? Man. Uh, John Gray is a guy that I'm going to be honest with you, Steven, in terms of props, he might be my most profitable prop guy this season so far. Like, I mean, it's been, it's been amazing. Uh, And I mean, we saw him just kind of go out and have a day against Tampa Bay. I'm I'm not expecting anything near that with Cleveland Um, at 6,600. I don't, Let's say I don't hate it because they have given him a leash now. Like you know, you're pretty much you're pretty positive he's going over 90 pitches. Uh, the problem is, you know, this Cleveland lineup, especially without Fran Mill Reyes in the lineup, 
they're just not striking out a lot. And so I think his upside is really capped and we're going to have to depend on elite ground ball play and Babbitt is going to need to be on our side. And that's what scares me a little bit. Um, so John Gray is not the worst pitcher on this slate, but I don't think he's got the upside today against Cleveland. I, I do think I'd sprinkle in some shares just because, um, cause I don't, I don't think he's a bad pitcher, but it's just not a good spot, but I'd much rather play him, um, than Daniel Lynch. So, you know, it, when we're trying to weed, weed this thing down, do, do I think he's a better play than Christian Javier? They're probably about equal. Javier's 9,100. John Gray is 66. I'd probably take Gray. I think Gray today is basically my barometer for any pitcher up or down um, in terms of like strikeout upside and ability to eat innings. I said all that to say I don't like the matchup, but I think Gray's in play. Uh, enough to where I'd play him. Hopefully that makes sense. Yeah. So, I mean, looking at um, the guardians in general here, they're such a tough team for right-handed pitching um, because they just don't strike out. They, they are the lowest strikeout rate in baseball against right-handed pitching this season. They just don't strike out against righties. Um, they're top 10 in, in Woba ISO and WRC plus as well. So, they're just – they're a tough team to face. And John Gray, the strikeout stuff has been a lot better this year. You know, we were wondering last year if it was ever going to come back. So, I mean, he does have the strikeout stuff going for him, and it's been – like I said, it's been a lot better this year. He's just really relying fastball slider changeup and just fastball sliders against righties. And, you know, the slider has just been all – you know, the, his whiff pitch, his strikeout pitch this year. So – and he's generating a lot of ground balls with his fastball. So um, I definitely want to look a little bit more into like if he's getting good movement on the fastball. But I mean, I think he's okay. He's not my favorite. He's not my least favorite in this spot. Um, I don't know how much I end up playing him today. Because I think going back to the game that we just talked about, I think Green has a higher ceiling than Gray um, with his strikeout ability. So and a, a team that strikes out more than Cleveland in general here. So um, Cal Quantrill on the other side of this game, he's 8,500. He got, he, he draws a good matchup here going up against Texas. This lineup on paper is one of the worst lineups in baseball. Um, Cal Quantrill, 8,500 low strikeout pitcher going to generate a ton of ground balls and typically not get, shelled he'll probably give up a couple runs i just i don't know what to think here because 8500 is sticker shock um in this spot yeah so in terms of cal Quantrill, uh I, I do think you know on any other slate maybe he's not 8500 um you know we looked at the previous that he was 8k against kansas city uh, put up 17 fantasy points. I do think this is a plus matchup for him. I don't think the K stuff is great, uh, but this is a spot where he should be able to eat some innings. The problem is, Stevie, I'm not trying to jump ahead here. We've got Blake Snell, who's going to walk some guys, but he's facing the Mets, who struggle more against lefties than righties. And so I'm wondering, in my mind, I absolutely know Blake Snell has more strikeout stuff. 
It's just, does Blake Snell not walk guys and get hit while runners are on the base passes? So uh, for that reason, I think Quantrill is in play, but I don't, I almost view him equal to, to, to John Gray outside of Texas is a lot worse than Cleveland in terms of their bats. So for me, I, he doesn't just get to sit on the shelf. I, I think I would have some shares, but I, I'd be I'd be lying to you if I said I liked him better than Blake Snell, even even though Blake Snell's facing the Mets. Yeah, again, I think he is okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. This it's the price. I mean, the Texas lineup when it comes out is it's going to look like trash on paper. Um, so I mean, that's one of the reasons that you have some interest. Let's talk bats. Uh, any interest here in the Texas bats? Uh, not really. I mean, I think, you know, if, for me with Texas, it, it would probably be one off city. Uh, if I did, like m- maybe I'd invest in Corey Seager today. Man, d- doesn't he feel bad being in Texas and not being in LA? I mean, wh- what a tale of no, two cities. No, he doesn't feel bad. He got <laughs> paid and he has a ring. He doesn't feel no, bad. No, no, no. I, I know. I know. But, uh, I I like Seager here, even at 5,300. I think, you know, the fantasy production may not be there on paper every game, but I think he's got a shot to do some damage here against Quantrill. So uh, I'm in on Corey Seager for sure. So before we talk about the Cleveland bats, I just have to ask you, Coach Will, Co- Co- Coach Chief here, you're up 22 points with four minutes to go. Do you have Clay Thompson in the game like Steve Kerr no. does? No. <laughs> no way. I don't know why he played him so far into the to the fourth there. Um no way Clay Thompson stays in the no game. No way, man. No way. I mean, way. you know, uh, especially after he's had these weird injuries. No, like um, no, no. You know what I mean? Like just get game. him out of get there. Get him out of the game. You yeah. the game. That's what I'm saying. I mean, Ouch. Boston pulled their guys at like the eight minute mark. Um, yeah, you gotta get clay out of there. Anyway, yeah. as far as the Texas bats for me, they're kind of pricey. Um, John Heim Heim is someone that I don't mind here. Cole Calhoun. I would look more of these cheaper bats for Texas. So those two guys, and maybe like a Seager as one expensive bat, it still equals out to a pretty cheap stack on the Cleveland side. I mean, John Gray has been a lot better this season, but but Jose Ramirez is really good at baseball. Um, oh, man. Jimenez oh, has man. been hitting the ball well. Josh Naylor has power. I think you could I think you could definitely secondary stack Cleveland in this spot. I don't know if you full stack them, but I, I do think they're a team that if John Gray struggles with some walks, you could see some some big numbers here. Yeah, for sure. I'm with you. And that's, that's really what it boils down to Stevie. Like, do we get good John Gray today who can get some ground ball outs and a few strikeouts or do we get John Gray? Who's going to load up the bases. If he loads up the bases, like forget it, he's toast. Um, But if he can get the ground ball outs, and here's the thing, you know, I've looked at his last few starts and I think that's what maybe has me intrigued. Now, mind he's faced Oakland, Houston, and Tampa Bay over the 90 pitch mark Um, against Houston. He did have six hits, two walks. Oakland gave up five hits, three walks. And then Tampa Bay, three hits, two walks as well. Uh, Tampa Bay, he just had 12 strikeouts, massive game. Had four strikeouts against Houston. Uh, 
Cleveland is absolutely a lower strikeout team than Houston. So I'm feeling like he's going to get three to four strikeouts here. Does he limit the run damage? Like if I told you right now, John Gray comes out of this thing with 15 fantasy points. Do you like him? Maybe. Yeah. 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 No. Yeah. So, the answer is yes. Yeah, yeah. So I think he can get close. It, but he, but he's got to limit the damage in terms of the runs, and he'll probably need four strikeouts. So uh, that's where I'm on Gray. And then in terms of the bats, you talked about it. Like I, I would absolutely play Jose Ramirez and John Gray. Like that. This isn't a slate where I'm like, oh, can't play anybody. No, I'd absolutely have Jose Ramirez against John Gray here. Um, and then, you know, you talked about these other guys, but like Josh Naylor, he just continues to not strike out. I'm not, I don't think I'm going to stack Cleveland today. Um, but, but Ramirez ultimate one-off extraordinaire for sure. All right. We got Seattle at Houston. This game is currently at eight, eight and a half. Astro is a 160 favorite Robbie Ray, Christian Javier. Um, let's talk Robbie Ray first. You know, coming off of a start where he was massive chalk against Baltimore and absolutely dudded. Um, facing a Houston team that is very good in general. But, I mean, looking at the numbers against left-handed pitching, they, they just don't strike out. That Like, that's the problem. They just don't strike out. They, they just don't strike out. Yeah, it's exactly. Like that's that's what it is, man. And you know, when I'm looking at um Robbie Ray here, Baltimore 6Ks, Oakland 10Ks, Boston 8, uh the Mets 9, Philly 10. Like the, the looks like the strikeout stuff is bad. The problem is he's he's going to give up runs, right? Like I don't feel like Robbie Ray goes through this game, Stevie, and doesn't give up, let's say, two to three runs, right? And so if that's the case, how does he overcome that? I'm going to need him to overcome that with Ks. Do we think he can get eight Ks in the game? It's possible. It's definitely possible. And I will say this. Marco Gonzalez had a, threw a gem against Houston earlier. So it's, it, it, it's all in the cards. Robbie Ray absolutely has the most strikeout stuff on the slate, probably outside of Blake Snell. I would side with Blake Snell here because the Mets have shown us that they're going to struggle against lefties, at least so far, so far. Um, but I, I still like the strikeout stuff of Ray. I think they'll overcome a few of these Houston bats. So I'm in on Ray for what it's worth. Yeah, I, I don't know. I wish his prop was eight strikeouts because I'd pound the under. Um, I'd pound the under. I think. Where, where did Pick, you get it at? I think I got it at six on Price Picks. Price Picks at six. It's not up on sports books yet. I think he comes in at six and a half with a lot of money on the under um, in this spot because, I mean, Houston's just not a heavy strikeout team. Robbie Ray's coming off his worst start of the season. Um, I guess it wasn't his worst start. That clue, that Chicago game beginning of the year was absolutely terrible. But I mean, Robbie Ray is allowed at least one home run in six straight games now. The walks. Uh, so I think there's some things to look at here for Robbie Ray. One, you want to see who's umpiring the game because if it's an extreme hitters umpire, just pound all the unders. Um, pound all the unders. Low strikeout team, a pitcher that's struggling with command. Um, so. In, in DFS purposes, if you're playing 
large field tournaments, he's way he he's definitely in play. He's one of the most talented pitchers on the slate. Um, Javier on the other side of this game, getting a, a Seattle team here that is definitely beatable. Uh, the bottom half of this lineup, there's just no power. Even like Winker, his power numbers are just way down this season. So I think Christian Javier is one of the best pitching options on the slate. I think he's one of the safer pitching options on the slate, which is crazy for a guy that, you know, can walk three or four guys in a start. I just think this is a spot. Again, like Robbie Ray, he's coming off of a game where he was massive chalk going up against Oakland and and busts. So I think we're looking for 25 plus fantasy points here from Javier. Yeah, man, I, I don't hate it. Um, Javier's for sure going to be a guy I'm looking at for props. If, if you're on prize picks, I mean, he, he came in at, I think, four and a half strikeouts. So, man, do we think he gets more than, than four and a I half? I like that over. TV? Yeah, I like that. A- absolutely. Of, yeah. of course. Yeah, yeah. We, we for sure like that. So, I'm almost tempted to plug in a power, and I may need to do that, Stevie, because if I don't – last time against Seattle, he had four Ks, but that was, a, mm, that was early May. So maybe he's probably rounded into form just a little bit more at home as well. So uh, I like Javier here at 9,100. I still think I like Blake Snell a little bit more. Like I think Blake Snell is my guy today for what it's worth Um, overall. I mean, he's at home and and we're going to get to Snell, but uh, Javier, I, I do like. Snell's pitch count's gone up too. Uh, the walks are still something you're concerned about him. We'll we'll get to that in um, just a minute. But yeah, I, I definitely like that prop over there on Prize Picks with Javier at four and a half strikeouts. Um, super solid. Let's talk bats here. Uh, anything standing out to you for Seattle? Uh, I mean, I don't mind. Winker, even though the power's there. Um, it, it's a tough spot for me because Seattle can hit, right? But overall, like, how many runs are they going to stream together? I think we just want to keep playing Winker because he's 3,700. And I, so I think – I feel like the price is fair. Like, I, I think we need to keep playing him. Um but overall, if, if I'm going to take Javier, I think I'm going to mostly be off Seattle. Like, mostly. I, I don't feel like this is a team I'm going to try to stack up a bunch. And Ty France, I know he's been hot as well. Uh, I mean, just swinging a hot stick this year. But um, mainly, I think, even though, like you talked about the power being down, I, I think it's mainly Winker for me because the, the price is so cheap. Uh, he's still got so much beat. Hitting the ball a little bit better recently. Still really struggling on the season. Um, so I think if Winker gets a lot of ownership, he's someone you can stay away from. You know, we talked about some of those Arizona bats, um, Cincinnati bats that were cheap. And, I mean, I think I prefer them over Winker anyway. And then as far as the, the Houston bats go, I mean, I definitely like Bregman and Altuve. They're the two like right-handed bats in this lineup that you have a ton of interest in anytime that they're facing a left-handed pitcher. And Ray gives up home runs, so um, I definitely just like that in general. And then 
if Marcio Dubon Dubon gets a decent lineup spot, he's twenty three hundred. You could plug him in at shortstop, and he's a guy that has always shown good numbers against left handed pitching. So I think he's you know someone that's playable in that aspect. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I think we're moving on here. Toronto at Kansas City, Stripling against. Oh yes. Lynch. Um, I've been waiting on this game, Stevie. Waiting. Nine and a half total in this one. The Blue Jays, a 175 favorites. Uh, any interest here in Ross Stripling? No. Yeah. I, you know, he, he's we, it's because Ryu um, just got put on the IL. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, somewhere, somewhere around there. Um, Stripling is just going to kind of go from like uh, – bullpen role and i think he's just going to kind of eat as many innings as possible here i would be shocked if he throws more than five innings i'd be shocked if he throws more than 70 pitches in this spot um he's kind of been capped at like 40 out of the bullpen so even on a small slate i don't think you can do it if we do get some type of pitch count like announcement or something along those lines like hey we you know we want him to go like five innings and throw 80 pitches i'm way more interested if we get something like that because he's 5800 he's facing kansas city kansas city's a beatable offense it's a slate with pitching that is not fantastic so i think it's all going to depend on any kind of news like that but as of right now what we're looking at in front of us we're looking at the dude's max out at 40 pitches he's coming out of the bullpen um we really don't expect him to throw more than 70 pitches, but if he, if we do get some kind of um, announcement or something like that, I think he's playable if that happens, Will. Um, but as of right now, what we're looking at in front of us, I don't think he's playable. So it will all be determined on like, if we get any kind of news here um, for him and we'll see, we don't know how long Ryu is going to be out as well uh, with the forearm. So, they might need stripling and they might just go out and let him throw 80 pitches in this spot. So yeah. Uh, Daniel Lynch on the other side, it's a lefty facing the blue Jays. Um, that doesn't typically work out very well for you. Um, they don't have a ton of power against left-handed pitching this season, but they have a ton of power against left-handed pitching. Like look at the lineup. <laughs> <laughs> like, um, no interest for me in Lynch here. Oh, yeah, absolutely not. <laughs> no Lynch as well. I love been waiting for this Jays. game, Steve. Yeah, I mean, I waiting. love the Blue Jays. I, I, I want all the Blue Jays here. I'm going to do whatever it takes to stack the Blue Jays. They're my favorite stack on the slate. Yeah, for sure. I, I think we're in the Blue Jays. I'm also in on Kansas City here, Stevie. I, I think these guys can get to Stripling enough um, if, if, if everything shakes their way. So I, I like both sides. But, yeah, this, this is a smash spot du jour. Uh, for the Toronto Blue Jays. I mean, I, I don't – Stevie, Vlad is down to 4,900. 4,900. We were paying – we've been paying 6K for Vlad before, Stevie. Like, not – he hasn't made it up to 6K this season, but he's been in the mid-fives, low-fives, high-fives, and we've got him at 49. Love this price on Vlad today. Uh, we've got Boba Shett. Boba 54. Vlad's 49, Chapman at 39. This, this is a great spot to invest in the Toronto Blue Jays, and most people are probably 
going going to uh, going to be playing him as well. So my only my only thing I'm going to say about Kansas City stack here, the front end of like the Toronto bullpen is really good. Um, so if this game is is close, or if Toronto is in a position where they can throw the good arms. It's concerning in that aspect. I am going to say that. Um, I definitely like the Blue Jays more. I understand why you like the Royals here. We don't – I mean, Stripling is – he's a solid pitcher. He's not an overpowering pitcher. He's hittable. Um, He's been pitching good at the bullpen this year. But, I mean, when he was starting earlier this season, he wasn't putting up good starts. Um I think he only topped 80 pitches one time from what I was just reading uh, because I was just making sure that we weren't crazy for not liking him more. Um, But yeah, just overall, I think the bats are in play in this game. My biggest concern with Kansas city is just the Toronto bullpen Um, back into the bullpen is not great. And it kind of keeps them as like a middle of the road bullpen in general. But I mean, the front end is most teams are good. So, all right, Boston at LA taking on the Angels. We have a eight and a half total in this game. The Angels a 125 favorite. Waka Syndergaard. Um, let's start here with Michael Waka. Any interest in him going up against LA? No. Yeah, he's just, I don't think he's going to make the cut today. Very good offense. Um, put up 18 fantasy points against them earlier this year. And he did that with just having a, like a mediocre game. He had 60 pitches. He was just pitching the contact and like generating ground balls in that game. Um, I remember watching that game. So I just, uh, for me, I'm going to pass on Waka. I, I think just the Angels are too good of an offense in general um, to play a guy like Michael Waka. And then the other side of this game, Noah Syndergaard, 7K. I mean, he's had bright spots this season, Will, and the Red Sox are a beatable offense. Um, they've been a lot better here over the last few weeks, but this season in general, they have struggled a little bit. Is Syndergaard in play here at 7K? Um, no. I, I'd still rather play John Gray. <laughs> I, I can't do it. He just hasn't looked good. I mean, he struggled against the Yankees. He struggled against the Red Sox. But outside of that, he, I mean, he hasn't pitched terrible. Um, Texas absolutely shelled him in a start. And, but, it, you know. Yeah, and then he came right back out and, and mowed him down. Eight innings. It's weird. <laughs> it's so weird when that happens, right? It was like the second and third time he's faced that team already this season. Um, numbers sometimes are so skewed because of the matchups. But yeah. I, I think – if I had to rank Syndergaard and Gray, I, I would rank Syndergaard ahead of Ray or Gray um, personally. But, you know, we can be on the opposite side of things. That's fine. Uh, let's talk bats here on the Boston side of things. Uh, anything standing out to you for the Red Sox? Yeah, I mean, I, honestly, I think this is a spot where I stack them ex- and expect them to shell Syndergaard. Um, so I, I'd, I'd be in on Devers. I'd be in on... JD, IBN on Xander, Verdugo. I like Trevor Story in this seven hole. Like being able to get him there, I think keeps his ownership down and he's fairly expensive now at 5,200, which he's always going to be around there as long as he's hitting bombs. So uh, I just, 
I like the Boston team as a whole. I think this is a spot where people may not use them as much because Syndergaard does still carry some name value. And I don't think people are going to be as interested in Boston on the road facing him today. And so that gets me really excited, especially when I'm almost positive the Blue Jays are going to have very inflated ownership today. Like I got to think they're one of the number one teams here on the slate. It might have been Houston, but with them facing Ray, I don't think that's going to be as exciting. If the Cincinnati game is, if the weather's fine, that, that game will probably carry some some uh, some ownership as well. I just think Boston is going to be on the outside looking in terms of ownership. I like that. I like the spot. I think they can get the center guard. I'm in on the Boston staff for sure. So I think if you're playing the Red Sox, you're stacking them because of the pricing. Um, I think that's how you have to play them today. I don't think you're playing one-offs. Um, I think if you're playing Boston or you're stacking them, and I think the Angels are kind of the same way with the pricing of Otani and Trout, Taylor Ward, Rendon on the IL. Um, I think like if you're playing LA, you're at least three man stacking them with Otani and Trout and, you know, kind of seeing what the lineup looks like. I think Walsh or Marsh or, or Duffy or Adele, one of these guys could potentially be like your third piece. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely don't mind attacking Walker here. Um, even with this watered down angels lineup, I still don't have a ton of interest in Walker. Yeah, same here. I was on mute. Sorry, folks made a rookie mistake. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm not not going to be in on Walker um, at all on this slate. It's just like I said, I, I'd rather take Hunter Green with more strikeout upside, and uh, and I'd just rather also spend up <laughs> a few hundred more and get Blake Snell, who's one of my favorites on the slate. All right, let's talk about him. We got Mets at. San Diego taking on the Padres Carrasco against Snell seven and a half total the lowest total on the slate pick them game here uh let's start with Carrasco he is on the road uh any interest here in Carlos Carrasco against San Diego I don't hate it um you know earlier this season Steve you actually thought Carrasco the, the old version of Carrasco was close to coming back right you were seeing eight strikeouts six strikeouts you know, uh, seven, like stuff like, and then he kind of just came crashing back down to earth. And then they kind of just said, all right, well, he went on a stretch of, they don't let him get out of the innings, right? He's going five and two thirds, five and a third at 85 pitches, 87 pitches, 83 pitch. Like, so I, I, I wish, I think he's going to be fine, but I, I think his upside is capped and that's, and that's what has me, afraid here like I don't think I don't think Carrasco has like 30 point upside anymore consistently um and so even against this team I I do think it's a a fair matchup against San Diego I think Carrasco could get to 20 21 maybe uh but at 9300 I think I'm in on it because I feel like he is still a good pitcher but I I don't trust his leash I, I think they'll yank him if things get get dicey so I like Carrasco a lot. I like Snell a lot. I think you can play both pitchers in this game against each other. I have no problem with that on this slate. I think the San Diego lineup is just not good. Um, they have struggled tremendously this season. They what's crazy is like San Diego is like bottom five in WRC plus against right-handed pitching this season. They're bottom five in ISO. Um, and if I remember 
correctly, I could be wrong. Someone can point this out, but I think I'm pretty sure like 98% sure that San Diego has the least amount of home runs against right-handed pitching this season. So I think it's a great spot for Carrasco. He's not typically someone that gets blown up or gives up home runs anyway. I just think this is a spot. He goes out, he has a solid outing, puts up 25 fantasy points and calls it a day. So I like Carrasco. And then the other side of this game, I know you've been dying, dying over there to talk about um, your boy, Blake Snell. Um, bring us home, Will. What do you like here for Snell? Yeah, I like everything. And, and I've made it a point to uh, utilize the Mets against pitchers that we think have been good but can't get enough strikeouts and they're going to walk guys. And so a la Walker Bueller, I was all over the Mets against Walker Bueller and they took him to school. Well, why is that, Stevie? Walker Bueller is a righty. Against lefties, this team has not, has not been as good. The K rates have been up. Uh, Blake Snell, I, I like the fact that not only are the strikeouts there, Stevie, he is still going to walk guys, and I know this, but the pitch count is back up. I mean, 104 pitches against Milwaukee, 98 against St. Louis, and I like this, Stevie, because St. Louis is a fairly low strikeout team. Six innings, six strikeouts, like that's something I can get behind. I think Snell has 25-point has upside in this matchup at home against the Mets if the control issues – can he can elude him in this spot? So I love the Mets as a team. I think they're one of the best teams in baseball at the end of the season when it all boils down, but they're still struggling against lefties. And Blake Snell, I mean, he's he's still got electric stuff. 8,100 on this slate where Robbie Ray is 95 and what's probably an equitable matchup. Give me Blake Snell all day for the discount. Yeah. Obviously, the Mets have been one of the best teams in baseball this season about not striking out against right-handed pitching. They're they're very mediocre against left-handed pitching. Um, middle of the road, strikeout rates, like you said, go up. Um, still not like fantastic, but Snell, 30% K rate, 14% swinging strike rate. The pitch count is up. Um, so I have a I have a lot of interest in, in Snell in this spot. And like I said, I like both the pitchers in this game. Uh, as far as the Mets bats, Snell might get a lot of ownership here. So like I, I think in large field tournaments, if you're playing a lot of Snell, you're you're making a few. Um, Alonzo, Marte, Lindor, you know, type of stacks. Mark Cano will probably be up towards the top of the lineup, JD Davis. So I think you you want to hedge your Snell a little bit just because of the walks and then it maybe, you know, just a couple long balls and he's out in the third inning. Your 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 Snell teams are are crushed, but at least you have a couple hedge stacks that you know could potentially still take down a tournament. So, five six game slate. I definitely think if you're playing a lot of Snell, you're you're getting at least a few stacks of the Mets. I mean, I listen. I get it. I get it for sure. I think I'd probably be more on one off scenarios with the Mets. Like, I, I don't. I, I wouldn't have any qualms about playing Pete Alonzo against Blake Snell. So, um, but I, I don't think I'm stacking the Mets today. Fair enough. Um, Padres bats, any interest here in the Padres? Uh, not really. Um, I just, uh, Carrasco, I, he is going to limit the damage. Like, I don't think he gets blown up. I don't even think he gives up any home runs in this game, Stevie. So for that reason alone, I, uh, I'm not playing any, any, any Padres bats. 
Yeah, that was the, you know, we talked about Christian Javier um, with his over four and a half strikeouts. That was the two pick player prop that I did for a power play. I did over Javier four and a half strikeouts and I did over Carrasco 30 and a half fantasy points. Um, So uh, I think it's already changed. Was it, it was 30 and a half. I'm pulling it back up. Um, Christian Javier was four and a half, right? Yeah, it's already yeah, yeah, he, yeah, already five and a half. Already five and a half. Yeah. So I still like the over five and a half too, but I got I got it in there when we were talking about it. Um, so yeah, that was crazy. You gotta love it. All right, uh-huh. let's play the morning grind game and then we'll get out of here. Hope everyone has a great Monday. Hope everyone had a great weekend. Um, I'll be on Grinders Live today as well. So me and Dean will be talking about this slate again uh later today. Maybe my mind will be changed on a few things. It happens all the time. All right. Favorite play under 5K to go 7X is not baseball. Under 8K to get six or more strikeouts. Uh, who do you like today to get some strikeouts that's cheap? Uh, give me Hunter Green. Yes. <laughs> yeah, give me Green. Uh, I'll take Noah Syndergaard because I think he's the only other guy that can get there. Over 8K to score under 15. Who is your bust out of the five pitchers available? I think if I had to side with one, man, this is a tough one. I think I'd go Cal Quantrill because of the the low strikeouts, but the the right answer is probably Robbie Ray against Houston. I'm going to go Robbie Ray. Um, but I think those are the two that I was going to pick anyway. So uh, give me a guy over 4K to go yard today. Give me. Give me Vlad. Give me, give me Vlad against Lynch. Hey, you were making me nervous. Like, there's no way he picks my guy today. And then you, like, took a long time. I was like, is he really going to pick my guy? Um, <laughs> give me Tommy Pham. I think Tommy Pham is going like to bum Gardner yard today. I like that call. Under 4K to get two hits. Who's a cheap bet that you like today? Man, Nick Senzel. <laughs> I just, I can't. It's too easy. Yeah, I like that one, obviously. But I'll go David Peralta uh, against Green um, as much as we like. Green for his strikeout ability. I think Peralta can get a couple hits. And Peralta is hitting the ball well, um, so I like him. Give me a stack to score six more runs today. Um, I'm, I'm going to get off Toronto for this one because I think everybody's going to be on that. Give me Boston. That, that's my sneaky team to run it up today. Um, I'm going to go Reds. <laughs> I don't think it's sneaky at all. I have one yeah. highest. Highest totals on the game. I love the Reds today. Um, so, yeah. Will, any final thoughts before we get out of here? Nah, man. I, I appreciate everybody hanging out with us today. And uh, I was glad to hang out with you today as well, Stevie. And, and I, hope, I hope we can help people make some money for sure. All right. Um, that is going to wrap it up for Monday. We'll be back Tuesday tomorrow talking more baseball. Good luck, everyone. We will see you then.